Welcome to the First Love Church. We invite you to have an encounter with the Word of God as you listen to this message preached by Episcopal Sister Joy Felipe Bruce. Sister Joy is a daughter of Bishop Dyke Hewitt Mills and currently pastors the IDRC branch of the First Love Church, a thriving church with young, energetic people full of first love for the Lord. She's also a Macarius minister under the Dyke Hewitt Mills Ministry Office and travels extensively holding pastors' conferences taking the books of Bishop Dyke Hewitt Mills to the nations. We believe this message will empower, equip, and give direction for your life. Now listen to Sister Joy Felipe Bruce. For some of you, it is your first Sunday back here in the new year. For others of us, we have been here. You have come to meet us. But no matter who you are, I want you to just lift up your hands to the Lord and thank Him for this Sunday. So much preaching has already been done. The songs were preaching. I was ministered to. I don't know about you, but I was ministered to. Right from the beginning. The film was it was also a sermon and every song God was speaking to you and so this Sunday which is the first for some of you back here in the new year whether you're here continuing or just returning thank God for these few minutes and thank him that it's a year in which good things are about to happen to you it's a year that he's going to hold you as he has always done If he carried the weight of the world upon his shoulders, your situation isn't a problem. And so thank him. Thank him for every testimony and everything that he has done with you. Some of you have traveled all over this holiday. You went and you came and nothing has happened to you. We even have some of our number here. The accident happened, but you were not hurt. Nothing happened to you. Take a few minutes out and just thank this God who has watched over us and has brought us here, brought us back together. Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. We thank you. We thank you. Oh, give Him thanks for a few minutes. Yes, we thank you, yes. Thank you. We want to just thank the Lord. Oh, my God. 
Father, we are so grateful. And as your word comes for this few minutes, speak to us, Lord. May we never be the same again because we came. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Hallelujah. Well, I want to thank you all, the organizers of the special Sunday. Thank you for so many surprises. If this is the first time you are visiting us, I beg you, it's not every day they are singing for the pastor, okay? Make you no ball. Amen. I'm as surprised as you are, but I appreciate all the effort. Amen. And every effort you put in to celebrate somebody, somebody is going to celebrate you too. Amen. Hallelujah. And if you are here thinking that, oh, what is that? You'll grow up and know. Hallelujah. It is very nice when somebody thinks about you and celebrates something. But many times, you've got to celebrate somebody first. And then somebody celebrates you. So God bless you for all the effort. I don't take it lightly. Hallelujah. Well, this year, our Father has commissioned it or described it as our year of the Great Commission. Our year of the Great Commission. Amen. The Great Commission. And so for the past few weeks, we've been talking about the Great Commission. That's why they were acting it out over here. There are so many people who need to hear about Jesus. And the truth of the matter is that the body of Christ in much of the world, including our nation, has lost its way because we've stopped preaching the, God, the, the Great Commission. Are you there? And so we want to make sure that we do what we must do. We are a souls-oriented church. And if you have been here and you have not yet won a soul this year, this is your opportunity. Get involved. Amen? Get involved in something and make sure that you win a soul. Make it personal. Are you there? Tell me about this year. It's my personal time. I'm personally going to win souls. Hallelujah. Sometimes when we organize and we say we're going to have a Christian program or we're going to have a crusade, there are some people who sit down and say, it's for the leaders. Then you sit back and you let others do it. Are you there? The time you hear that we're going to do a crusade, say, I am there. I am there. And once you get there, you by all means have something to do. You by all means be important. If even the only thing you do is to sit on a chair, you may not know, but it is very important. Why am I saying that? If you go and have a crusade and the chairs are empty, there are unbelievers around who want to come and sit down and listen, but they will never come and sit down because the chairs are empty. But as soon as some 50 people sit, they say, oh, people are sitting. They don't know that they are from the church. Or you don't understand what I'm saying. So they too, they feel comfortable. After all, some people are sitting. And that is how they hear the word of God. So turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, me, I don't sing. I don't have a voice. I can't dance. I don't have legs. <laughs> I can't act. My acting is not good. But as for praying and as for sitting, that one there, that one there. Uh, so ask your neighbor, are you a sitting star? Are you a sitting star? <laughs> Hallelujah. If all you do is arrive at the place and sit down, know that because you sat, somebody to sat. Somebody who really needed to hear what was being said or what was being done, that person also sat. Hallelujah. It's important for me to say this because we are actually going to celebrate our great commission with a number of crusades around the place. Amen. 
And when those times come, make sure that you show up. Make sure that you ask your name. Will you be there? Will you be there? Will you be there? Hallelujah. You will hear more about that. In some of the places, it's not going to be a typical crusade. Some of the places, it's going to be a street event. Yeah, something, something. Hallelujah. Paul said, I become all things to all men, so that I will by all means save some. Some people, if you say crusade, they will never hear. But street event, uh-huh. they, they, they might just might come around. Are you there? My father was saved at a breakfast meeting. He would never have gone with us. Ah, see, I carry him where? He would never have gone. But when he got to a place where there was a breakfast meeting and the people organizing it were like him, he gave his life to Christ there. Hallelujah. So in whatever form you meet it, take part. Amen. But this morning, I'm going to be talking very briefly, but it's very, very important. We have been reading and discussing the Great Commission from the book of Matthew chapter 28, reading from verses 18 to 20. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And we have spent some time in the past few weeks. If you missed it, the messages are on podcast. Amen. And we talked about the fact that Jesus said all the power had been given to him. And he sent us everywhere to all nations. And he said, when you go there, first you must go. Amen. First you must go. You cannot do much sitting in your hall. You cannot do much just sitting in your 18 where you are comfortable and you must go. And that's why no matter who you are, no matter what you are doing, you try to go and going. I have never preached the gospel to my own people where I am from. I've always been somewhere else. Are you there? I've always gone. Yeah. And my children too have started going. Yeah. Are you there? This morning I was discussing with the first one about the speaking of the language Malagasy. None of us. His father is not um, from Madagascar. His mother is not from Madagascar. He himself is certainly not from there. Are you there? Yeah, but you've got to speak the language because you have gone. Are you with me? And the others we are waiting to see. They are all preparing to go. Somebody, you go down your road. Uh-huh. For you, that's your going. Somebody, your area. Somebody, your town. Somebody, your hometown. But whatever it is, go. Hallelujah. Are you there? Oh yeah, just go. There was a certain pastor who got ill. And he used to really believe that God keeps people well. And he was a very healthy man. So when he got ill, he didn't understand. They prayed and they prayed, but the thing was not working. And so eventually he was uh, admitted to the hospital. And while he was there, he was lying there and there was a guy on a bed near him and he could hear that Charlie, the man was really suffering and he could see that this guy, it won't chair, it won't chair, and he will go. So he got off his bed and he went there and he preached. The guy received Christ. Nurse was passing. Nurse said, what are you doing out of your bed? And he preached and she gave her life to Christ. <laughs> Nurse boy, another one, the in charge was annoyed. He said, ah, what are you people doing? He preached there. She also got born again. The doctor, the doctors who were on duty, when he finished, he came to sit. They said, ah, but I am well. 
The Holy Ghost said, hmm, that's why you came to the hospital. Mm. Those souls were just waiting. So he just found a way. Are you there? Upon all he's going, God just said, if I plant this man here, if I manage to plant him, people will be saved. May it be that this year, wherever we are, wherever we are, souls are going to be one there. Hallelujah. Now, in the book of Mark, there are a couple of other things we drew out of there. The Bible says that he said unto them, Mark 16, verses 5, from verse 15, Go ye into all the world. Can you see that? It's just like the Matthew 1. Preach the gospel to every creature. So when he says to every creature, again, it's like saying all nations. Are you there? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So Mark introduces to us the fact again, which we have heard in Matthew. Baptizing them. Mark is also bringing it. Are you seeing it? Only that he tells us it's more serious than we are thinking. If you are saved, be baptized. If you are saved, be baptized. That's why this year, every month, you know, we do it at times, then we forget, then we do, then we forget. But this year, tell anybody, we will not forget. So that if you have just come, if you have given your life to Christ, and you have not been baptized since you gave your life to Christ, January, you have an opportunity to be baptized. February, March, you wait. When we are done here, our baptismal pool will be here. We'll just organize you one time. But until then, we have a nearby place. So we'll be doing it once every month. Is that okay? To make sure that it is done. Because it's serious business. And it is one of the marks. You see, we should think about it. That when Jesus came and he met John the Baptist, John the Baptist was even trying to say something. He said, no, no, let it be so for now. It must be that the thing is serious. And today, we'll find out a little more. But you, let's continue. Then, it was Mark who told us that. When you are doing the, this will of God in telling people about him, some things are your right. Some miracles are your right. And he told us that, look, for those who go, ask your neighbor, are you one of those who goes? Or you have been sitting down feeling comfortable? These signs shall follow them that believe. Are you there? In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. This year, you can call it also our year of the miraculous. Amen. Now, the scripture says, if you believe, you see these things. But the truth of the matter is that if you believe and you are only sitting on your, in your house, the likelihood found that a snake will visit you, the Korampo is not there. The likelihood that some poison will come and pass that you'll be tempted to drink Christ not there. All these things, usually it's as you are trying to do something for God. You have moved yourself out of your comfort zone. That's where you start to see these things. Are you there? Hey, the way you are quiet this afternoon. Uh, you are trying to, you are, you are tired now after all the jumping. Hey, CPS, they were also there. <laughs> are you here? But as you know, you will begin to see the miraculous. I still remember the first time we cast the demon out. I was shocked by that. Ah, me, I'm just saying in the name of Jesus, go and you have gone. I mean, let's be serious. <laughs> but son, at the word of God was true. Amen. The first time somebody brought us food that had been tampered with. I was surprised. Tampered with. Are you there? Tampered with. I didn't even know he had done anything. The person, somebody brought me eggs, put them on my table. As an agric person, it is not unusual. You've helped your farmer, your farmer has 
brought me eggs. There's nothing who at all. Guinea for eggs. As soon as the eggs touch my table, Holy Ghost have nothing to do with eggs. So I started thinking to myself that, yeah, my dog is blessed. Because I cook all that crates for the dog. Next sentence, not even your dog. So we smashed all the eggs and, you know, so that nobody could drink it. My husband and myself, I carried it home. We prayed, broke the eggs and poured water and let it go so that nobody can even see it to eat it. Then I traveled. And a few days after I traveled, I didn't know I was not there. When somebody came to the house with a pile of yams, you need to understand the context. Where we were living was an agricultural area. So it's not unusual at all for you to get gifts that they brought the yams. My husband never, he didn't even know the person who sent the things, the eggs or anything. But as he opened the front door, witness of the spirit, they sourced the eggs in this yam, same sauce. So he put them down, he received them. You see, you don't go and start creating drama. Hey, hey, don't bring it down. No. He just put it down, waited for me to come in, just in the same way we had destroyed the eggs, only that yams are far more work. We destroyed the yams as well. A few days later, I was sitting at my table in the office when somebody brought me a letter. The letter was from the person who had sent the eggs and the yam. Dear doctor, I'm sorry for the evil that I have done you. What evil have you done me? If you send me eggs, is it evil? If you send me yams, is it evil? So it means that what the Lord was saying was true. Then it continued. I understand that you pray. I understand that you pray. Please. Forgive me, have mercy for me, on me and pray for me as well. But the Bible says that it shall not hurt you. Hallelujah. Now, the, so the gospel is there and you will find, sorry, the, the Great Commission is there and you will find it scattered in so many parts of the Bible. And today, I just want to take very few minutes to talk to you about the Great Commission according to the Romans. Paul wrote the book of Romans and this some of these same features are in here. But the exciting thing about Romans is that it goes even further. And because he was a man of revelation, a lot of things were explained to him. Are you here? And he wrote them in the book of Romans. Amen. Oh, are you there or you have traveled? So whereas in Matthew 28, we just get a short this thing, go ye into all the world. I mean, that's all. And then <laughs> Mark also tells us, oh, you go to every creature. If it's a creature, he doesn't even tell us people, creature. <laughs> Let's look at what Romans says. Don't worry if you are feeling hungry. It's not a long study. But it's important. Romans. Let us go to Romans chapter 10. He says, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord overall is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever, verse 13, shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Paul draws it out and says that even the people you don't like, because in those days the Jews were down and the Greeks were over them. But the Jews were the ones who said that Jesus came for them. In fact, they had rejected him and Paul. And Paul was pointing out that whether Jew or Greek, he came for everybody. Are you there? And he goes on to say that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. Today, there are people who say that if you have done this or you have done that, the Lord cannot save you. 
if you have gone and entered into a covenant, if you have gone to do, you know, all these funny, funny things, I don't want to start mentioning things, then God cannot save you. But that's not what Paul says. Paul tells us that whoever you are, if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Then he begins to say something interesting. Hmm. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings. Are you there? What a word. The Bible is very nice. And bring glad tidings of good things. I want to just read these scriptures for you in another version. Is it okay? I'm reading from the NLT because the English is simpler. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how can anyone go and tell them without being sent? As you sit here today, I'm saying to you that you are the one who must go and say, hallelujah. How can they be saved? How can they believe if they don't know? They don't know what to believe about. How will they? And how will they know if you won't say? And that's what we are seeing all over the world. Is it true or is it not true? Yeah. Because when people have not heard the gospel, they can't call on Jesus. Ghana is a very, very religious country, but it will surprise you to know that there are places in Ghana that have never heard the name Jesus. Never. Because nobody has ever gone there. Are you there? There are people who go to church every Sunday. They never hear the same good news. And there are some who never go to church who also have not heard. Mm. And this is one one of the most successful campaigns of the Antichrist. Some of you are waiting, huh? There will be another Antichrist, I suppose. But he's still working. He's already working. And one of the most successful campaigns of the Antichrist is for us to not go to places. Christian, when you go and you're doing your national service and then they send you somewhere. You see, the reason why they sent you is that you're on your own, you go. Church, if we send you, you insult us. So the Lord has to now use a secular something. And then they'll tell you that, go to this place. Those of you who are working, who are transferred to a place, I want to suggest that you stop thinking about your own something, something, and go. Amen? I was so blessed a couple of days ago, a few days ago, one of our midwives was transferred somewhere. In fact, when her husband described the place to me, my heart said, hey, where she was, already now there's no straight car to go. You have to go, you know, one of those places you go from here to there, then from here to there. But last week I finally met she herself. And I asked her, how is the place? And she said, oh, it's rough. There's no light. There's... Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> hey! <laughs> 
In fact, the place that they call the nearest city, you and I will call it a village. But she is there. And what blessed my heart? She said, I have come, not only for a visit, but because I have come for permission to gather people, to gather people, to preach to them. As she got there, and she looked at it, she decided that, look, as I have come here, some people must hear. How will they hear if you don't go? So if tomorrow, today she looks like just any young lady walking around. But if tomorrow we get to heaven and you see her in a mansion, you must understand. You must understand. She was sent and she went. When people will not allow God to do his work, he will find another way to get you there. Hey, push your neighbor and say, please, where are they going to send you? <laughs> are you in the house the most painful part of it Christ that some of you if even God makes a mistake and sends you to the west you have gone there you have gone to the places where money is those guys when they had the gospel they brought it to us they have lost it but we when we go there we just go and stay in our own gatherings we don't go and share the word to them at all and so in most of the countries you go there, the large churches are just immigrant churches. Everybody's from Ghana, everybody's from Nigeria, everybody, and the people who are around them are going to hell straight without a cave on the road. But you see, this generation of believers is responsible for this generation of converts. Yeah. Let's continue. In Matthew 28 and verse 19, they said, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. That's all they said to us. But in Romans, Paul says a little more. Romans 6. These are all parts of the Great Commission. Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus? Sorry. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. I want to read this portion in the NLT again because of the simple English, and then I'm going to use it to show you something. He takes us there, shows us that we should be baptized, and then he says some very profound things that I hope you'll be able to pull out this morning. Romans chapter 6. I'm reading from verse 3. Tell your neighbor it's in English. <laughs> or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. Do you understand now what the baptism is? Do you understand? In other words, it's like as I've gone down, I've been buried with Christ. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. I want to continue. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with, with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. And this is the scripture you don't know. That's why when the devil comes to tell you, you can never break out of the sin of masturbation. That once a fornicator, always a fornicator, he gets you life. Because you don't know the scripture. The scripture says, 
Are you there? We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. And I'm speaking to you today and telling you that you are no longer a slave to sin. It's your last. Never again come and say, oh, I was trying, but it didn't work. For we know. Then it says, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. When did you die with Christ? As you were baptized, you went down. And when you got up, you have resurrected. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourself to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, so he gives you what you should do in, in, in its place. Give yourself completely to God. You are here, you are struggling back and forth. I want to suggest to you that you have left some of the door open. You have not given yourself completely to God. And he says, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, verse 14. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. My last verse I want to read is verse 16. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. What a book. What a scripture. Hallelujah. So instead of indulging yourself, because one of the things about young people, your habits are a lot. And instead of, I don't know what happened. You know what happened. You know what happened. What do you mean you don't know what happened? When you were sitting in your room alone, did you not know that that's the first step towards pornography? When you bought data and loaded it on your phone, did you know it was step two? When you opened the port, did you not know that as you isolated yourself and you were sitting there in idleness, you had entered step three? What do you mean by you don't know? What do you mean by you don't know? The guy, I can't leave him. Don't be silly. Isn't all your legs that went there? Hey! But the Bible, I don't know about you. The Bible said, let God be true and every man a liar. And the word of God says that you are no longer a slave to sin. It's your choice to believe it or not. It's your choice. That's why the Bible requires us to be people of faith. 
And I want to say to everybody struggling under some kind of bondage, it's high time you began to fight back. It's high time you open your Bible. It's high time you start to walk up and down, declaring, as I stand, my name is this. I am no longer a slave to sin. I don't matter what has happened before. I don't matter what is happening later. But as I stand here, I am a child of the living God. I am born again, baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. My name is this. I am not a slave to sin. And test God and see whether or not there will be a change. Stop lying there crying your somethings. Are you there? Because I keep on meeting people who said I couldn't help. You couldn't help what? Stop. You see, that's a lie of the devil. You could help it. So just say to yourself, I didn't do it. I didn't. It's different from saying I couldn't. Or you don't understand what I'm saying. It's different from saying I couldn't. Accept that you can. It is still waiting to manifest itself. But as you, as you confess the scripture, I want to encourage you that there is power in the word of God. The word of God itself, it has power. As you are confessing it, as your mouth begins to agree with the scripture, the Bible says that the power of life and death is in your mouth. Use your mouth to say the life that you want to see. And I tell you, you'll see it. You'll see it. Hallelujah. I'm ending in a few minutes. Amen. And that is why I want to encourage you, if you are not baptized, do it. Why? Because when you do it, you will remember every time you are in a battle like that, you will remember, I have been buried with Christ. I have been resurrected. The old me, it has gone. The new me is what is here. Do you know that when you are wearing a new dress or a new pair of trousers and you know you are in a new pair of trousers, it affects what you do? <laughs> yeah! There are some things when you wear them, you decide that that old trotro, I won't sit. I won't sit. That particular one. <laughs> Yesterday I was talking to Pastor Kofi in Accra. He said, I've sat on the trotro. I know the trotro by the driver. I know when I see it, so I say, This guy. <laughs> and sometimes when you are in your new thing and you see that dirty trotro, you know that trotro is always dirty. Or the one who forces people and squeezes you there. So by the time you come, you see that when you are in a new something, you say that, not here, not here. And that is how when you remember your baptism, that I went down, the old me went down, and a new me came up. When the enemy comes again to say, go back to the old things, you remember you remember, I am a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And it will begin to be a reality in your life. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. I want to end. And I'm, you know, the book of Romans, if I recommend that you should do a Bible study, you'll be in it for the whole year. It's a very exciting book. It was the book of Romans who told us that all of us are sinners. That nobody is righteous. Hey, are you there? It's the book of Romans that told us that the wages of sin is death. It was the book of Romans. But it was also the book of Romans that blessed us and told us how to be born again. And so we read the book of Romans. We thought that all we need to do is to believe. That's all we need to do. But there's an interesting scripture. James 
chapter 2, verse 19 says. You believe that there's one God. You have done well. The devils also believe and tremble. And you will believe in the Quran. It cannot be just that. If it was just that, then the demons cry saved. Because the Bible says they today believe. But it was Paul in the book of Romans who now told us what to do. And I want you to just learn the scripture in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. Standard scriptures upon which the Bible is, I mean, the, the, the salvation is built. It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. Now you understand. When you confess, you say it. That is the genesis of the altar calls that we have. To give you an opportunity. That what you believe in your heart. Come and say it with your mouth. And verse 10 says. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. But with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You can believe and believe and believe. You can be born in the church and die in the church. But for your salvation to be real and for you really to be saved, the Bible says, open your mouth and say it. And that is why Sunday after Sunday, as we come and we preach, we ask you, do you want to receive Jesus? Then come and confess it. You may have been the Pope in the church. It doesn't matter. This is the scripture and it is for all of us. Hallelujah. You want to be saved, you confess it and you say it with your mouth. Stand to your feet this Sunday. Hallelujah. If you are here, you are born again already, but you are struggling with habits and struggling to break free of something that you know you should not be in. This is your time to talk to God and to thank him for the scriptures in Romans chapter 6. This is your time to open those scriptures and begin to confess from them that what the scripture says, it is true. But if you are here and you have not given your life to Christ, you love God, oh you love church. Maybe you are even in church all the time. And actually, you actually thought you were on your way to heaven. I just want to say to you that don't neglect Romans 10, 9, and 10. They are saying to you, well done that you are in church all the time. Well done that you even enjoy church. Well done that you are even part of the choir. Well done that you are even a worker in the church. But you need to confess it. Open your mouth and say what you believe in your heart in order to be saved. And so as every eye is closed and every head is bowed, every one of us here, you have something to pray about. But you are here and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ and make that confession. You are the one I want to focus on at this time. And so as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, you're saying, I believe, but I haven't confessed. I want to make that confession now. I believe, but I haven't confessed. I want to confess Jesus as my Lord. I want to confess that he has died for me. I want to confess that my sins have been washed away. I want to confess that he is now my savior. I want to confess that the enemy has no hold upon my life. I want to confess that my name is written in the book of life. If you want to confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, lift your right hand up where you are and I'll pray with you. You want to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Wash me in the blood, Jesus. Cleanse me from my sins. Please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, from today, you are my savior. 
and you are my Lord. I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now lift up one finger and you are going to make a proclamation. And you are going to say, Satan! Satan. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. From today. From today. Me and you. Me and you. It's finished. finished. It's over. It's over. I have no agreement with you. I have no agreement. I have no covenant with you. I, have no covenant. I, belong, to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. Jesus is my savior. Jesus is my savior. My name, my name is written in the book of life. It's written in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, Thank you, Jesus. For, saving me. for saving me. Amen. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, follow us on Facebook, Dr. Joy Felipe Bruce, and on Instagram and Twitter at FLIDSA. God richly bless you.